Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode 96 today. Happy Wednesday. We are going to cover a lot of ground on today's program. It is packed with guests and information and topics that hopefully uh, will set us on a good path to, to understanding this transitional time here in the state of Utah. We learned just yesterday that it is the intention of Governor Gary Herbert in consultation with all the experts who together make up the COVID-19 task force to on Friday uh, downgrade the threat level here in the state of Utah from red to orange. That means from high risk to moderate risk. And with that comes a number of, of changes, a, a number of attitudinal shifts, a number of practical shifts as you and I take the first little baby steps towards returning to business as usual. And hopefully that'll come sooner rather than later. Uh, we have also learned that this coronavirus uh, keeps rearing its head in some unexpected ways, having impacts uh, on the way we live our life, the way we do business, and the way uh, industry is operated. And an odd uh, thing has developed, and it has to do with some of the business practices and some of the, uh, some of the ways that we, you and I, have access to food and how food is produced. An odd paradigm uh, of, uh, or paradox, rather, of sorts has resulted in uh, food being missing from the shelves, meat in particular, and then on the production side, uh, cattle producers and farmers in that industry are having a hard time uh, moving their products. They are left with a surplus. So what's happening in between uh, where the producers and the consumers are, are not being able to come together to, to, to transact business? Uh, to help us understand this, uh, I've invited Senator Mike Lee onto today's program. He has teamed up with uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar. Uh, they together serve on a subcommittee that oversees this type of thing. They have sent a letter to top members of the uh, president's cabinet, including uh, Attorney General and the Secretary of Agricultural, to get at the answers to, to this fundamental question. Uh, Senator, sir, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much, Lee. Let me ask this. Before we get into the question of meat, I, uh, it just came to my attention that uh, that two different things are happening in Washington right now. On the House side, uh, under the direction of Speaker Pelosi, it has been decided that they will not uh, get back together next week. And on the Senate side, that you, sir, and your colleagues will be convening uh, on May 4th. Uh, what, what's going on there, and how, do, how does that strike you? Yeah, we are reconvening. I don't know why the House thinks that's appropriate, but... On the Senate side, we understand we've got to keep going. We've got first responders and people who run grocery stores and pharmacies and hospitals and clinics all over the state and all over the country uh, who are continuing to work 24-7 while Congress has remained in recess. And it's one of the reasons I went back to Washington last week is to openly call out uh, my colleagues on the fact that we were still in recess. It's time for us to get back, so next week we're doing that. I don't know why the House thinks it's appropriate to remain in this in recess this long. This long, I think it's wrong, and I, I think time will prove that they were wrong. 
And two, I think we have seen uh, through demonstration last Thursday, there was a, a vote on this uh, what, stimulus package 3.5 or however we'd like to term it, where, where the House uh, was able to come together and through uh, you know, a system uh, operate in a way that was uh, safe and acceptable to all, sufficient to cast a vote. So uh, anyway, we don't need to linger on the House side. You, sir, as a as senator, we've got uh, senatorial issues to cover here. And you, uh, alongside one of your Senate colleagues, Amy Klobuchar, uh, sent a letter. T- tell me what, uh, what brought about the sending of that letter. Okay, so Senator Klobuchar and I uh, work closely together, uh, together on antitrust issues. I'm the chairman of the antitrust subcommittee in the Senate, and she's the ranking Democrat on the committee. She and I have worked for many years together in that capacity. Before the Republicans had the majority, she was the chairman, and I was the ranking member. But uh, we joined together in, in a letter asking for various federal officials to look into uh, some of the things that are causing some price fluctuations and some market distortions uh, to get a clear picture of how the, the meat packing market is working and how it's not working. Uh, the, the, these are agencies that need to identify any federal regulations that are distorting these markets, making entrance into the meatpacking industry too onerous, or keeping COVID-19 impacted plants closed longer than is necessary. Uh, yesterday, uh, President Trump made reference to an executive order he would be signing. Here is the, the president making that announcement. We're working we with Tyson. We We're going to sign an executive order today, I believe. And uh, that'll solve uh, any liability problems where they had certain liability problems and uh, we'll be in very good shape. Do, do these announced moves by the president ha- have any bearing on this issue, sir? Or will it re- will uh, solution and resolution come from the attorney general and the secretary of agriculture? They may have some bearing on the problem, but the, the problem itself is deeper than that and is going to require a more sustained effort. You have to remember that coronavirus hit our nation's livestock producers in two really critical ways. First, the demand from restaurants and hotel chains has completely dried up thanks to the coronavirus-related shutdowns. And second, coronavirus outbreaks at specific meat packing plants have closed one-third of the nation's meat packing capacity. So the result of this is farmers who can't sell their beef, their hogs, their lamb, and their poultry, uh, and, and certainly not at the same uh, time that prices are soaring, at the supermarket for consumers. And so the dynamics of the meat supply chain, uh, as it turns out, are extraordinarily complicated. Uh, But this is one of the reasons why we need these federal investigators to look into the matter. I think what we're going to find is that the way we've been regulating meat inspection uh, over the last century or so may need to be updated uh, to reflect modern realities and to reflect the fact that uh, in some cases, the meat packers may have been relying on the natural restriction on entry supplied by uh, the, the, the federal regulatory regime that we have in place. Your letter leaves the door open just enough for the possibility of verifiable antitrust violations. Uh, that is, is a heartbreaking notion to think that there are those uh, in the business somewhere along the chain uh, who would look to take advantage of these circumstances for their own personal gain. Uh, is, there a, is there a likelihood or a real plausibility that that could be the case? I, I don't know. Well, first of all, I would say, Lee, that it's not necessarily our theory that this is a new problem that has a result that has resulted simply because of COVID-19. Uh-huh. I think COVID-19 has exacerbated pre-existing conditions in the marketplace, and maybe they have taken advantage of those. But I really do think there is a deeper problem here 
a problem that relates to market access, and a problem that results in many times uh, farmers, ranchers, uh, uh, poultry, beef, and uh, pork producers, seeing that at the same time prices go up for consumers, the price that the ranchers themselves are getting is going down, and that you've got a small handful of packers who are getting all the profit and uh, creating a market distortion. I think all this ties back to the meat inspection system that's outdated and needs to be revised. Uh, that makes good sense. Uh, I'll tell you what, when you and if you hear back from the Attorney General, the Secretary of Agriculture, or the other folks on the receiving end of this letter, and they offer some light or are able to shed some light on this situation, you and me join back here and, uh, and you can share that information with us? Will do. We'll all right, Senator. Thanks that. a lot. Uh, stay healthy. Stay safe. You know, practice all the good, <laughs> all, all the good advice we've been getting. And you and I will speak again soon. Thanks, Lee. Take care. All right, sir. You do the same. Uh, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll be speaking with Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. We heard this morning in a press conference from Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson about the ways the county is responding to the announcement by Governor Gary Herbert that we are r- relaxing our risk level, uh, moving down on Friday, May first, to orange phase. That's how the county has responded. We next will find out how the city of Salt Lake, Utah's capital city, is responding. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.